Praise you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, we rejoice that we have this singular opportunity again to fellowship in the light of your world. And we thank you tonight for the opportunity to be equipped to grow in knowledge and grow in grace. Thank you that revelation knowledge is gifted everyone under the sound of my voice. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. I decree that tonight the light of your word shines in the hearts of your people. And at the end of this service we will be the better for it. We give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus precious name and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We well, want to welcome everybody to 30 Days of Glory 2021. Whoa, glory to God. Wherever you're watching around the world by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We want to welcome all of you to the service tonight. And uh, we want to welcome the entire Kwaibom State community connected right now by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Kwaibom, Passion FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service. Help me do, do me a favor, call a friend, a family, a loved one, somebody you love and ask them to tune to this radio station right now life is flowing through the airways our social media community let's get this word to the ends of the earth help me share the video on your page share with all your friends tag some people get get this video let's get this message viral all over the earth drop it on monogram telegram and put them on whatsapp group it's going to be exciting as we adventure in the riches of redemption all of our campuses all over the world what a joy to welcome every one of you to the service hey guys it's going to be exciting tonight are we excited in the building let's celebrate the word of god with a shout of glory amen grab your pen your notebook your bible you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of his grace tonight mm -mm -mm. We've been examining the emphasis of the Holy Spirit in salvation. And um, we laid some foundation yesterday and we just proceed from where we stopped. The book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 1. Hebrews 2 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them sleep. Next verse. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, 
and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard? If you observe the hymn there, it's in italics. By them that heard. Observe the word at any time we should let them sleep. It is not the word that sleeps, it is we that sleep. So actually, the word there should be drift away. At any time we should drift away. Observe something here. That every time the law was mentioned in the epistles, it always referred to it as being given by angels. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, the word spoken by angels. So every time the scriptures in the New Testament make reference to the law, it always referred to it as given by angels. It's as though the Bible makes it separate from what God said or from what God did. So in verse 3, he now says, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, please pay attention, Hebrews 2, 3. <clears throat> How shall we escape? Escape from what? From the word spoken by angels. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So our escape from the word spoken by angels, which has great recompense, our escape from that word is so great salvation. Which means what the angels spoke and the salvation that first began to be spoken by the Lord, they are two different things. Otherwise, if they are the same, there will be no need for escape. How shall we escape? So, Jesus began to speak about it. Not all in the four Gospels are incomplete documentation of God's plan and purpose. Yet, you see the beginning of God's plan and purpose in the four Gospels. But you do not see the fulfillment because those things can only be communicated in full details by the Holy Spirit. When he said, confirm to us by them that heard. The word them that heard is in italics. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 12, I mean 16 verse 11 and 12. Put it up for me. John 16 verse 11 and 12 of judgment. Because the prince of this world is George 12. 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Next verse. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? And this statement refers to the four gospels. When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So it will be funny to say them that heard him were the eyewitness. What the writer of Hebrews wrote, you won't see what the writer of Hebrews wrote in the four gospels. Because he dealt with the reality of the offerings of the Old Testament. The reality of the offering of the law. The realities of the shadows that existed, existed and the substance of them. Which you will not find in the four gospels. 
is a spirit of God that points the revelation behind the symbols. The spirit of God points that revelation. So it's not about them that heard him. It's about them that heard. The him is not there. Them that heard. Them that heard the spirit of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 so you get clearer. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. But as it is written, I had not seen. See that? Them that heard. I had not seen nor ear heard. Them that heard the spirit. Okay? I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. Next verse. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now verse 9 is the Old Testament. Verse 10 is the New Testament. Eyes have not seen in the Old Testament, nor their ears heard what God has prepared for those whom he loves. But to us, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, observe, put that scripture up again for me. That's in Corinthians. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. When the spirit is come, he will guide you. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Next verse. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of him, of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Next verse. Oh, glory to God. Next verse. Now, hallelujah. I thought somebody would say now. Now we have received, observe, we are not going to receive, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all the truth. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. <clears throat> God has revealed them to us by the spirit. So Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4 again. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 4. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. It says that the angels spoke the law. But Christ is the speaking of the gospel. The angels spoke the law. But Christ is the speaking of the gospel. Observe the difference. The neglect or despise so great salvation... We cannot escape the recompense of reward if we neglect or if we despise. He will despise this salvation in his thought. A man despises this great salvation in his thought. The way people despise the gospel today is in their belief system. You preach to them, they are not interested. They despise the gospel in their belief system. Many people in their thinking, they have despised what God did in Christ Jesus. When, when, a, when a, a preacher or a believer has more faith in the law of Moses, 
He is despising what Christ has done. Yeah. When a preacher is afraid to preach the finished work of Christ because he doesn't, he doesn't want people to think he is giving people a license to sin, he is despising what Christ has done in his belief system or in his heart. So, in neglecting, he was referring to an attitude of despising what God has done in Christ. In reading the document, you will see the Old Testament and New Testament. But in observing closely, you will know that it is not true. That demarcation, Old Testament, New Testament, is not true. Yet, we have a document called the Old Testament and the New Testament for reference sake. They are not, they are not revelatory in design. The point is to look at what the scriptures teaches by the Spirit of God for us to know when we are reading the New Testament and for us to know when we are reading the Old Testament because there is Old Testament in New Testament and there is New Testament in Old Testament. So it's not a demarcation of books. Stay with me. Now, when did the Old Testament start? Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. Pay attention. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Next verse. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Next verse. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because... They continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Next verse, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Stay with me. So when was that Old Testament? When they left Egypt to the promised land, which we call Exodus or the movement of the people. That is where the Old Covenant began. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10, let me read to verse 13. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 to 13. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord... I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Next verse. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins 
and iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, a new covenant, he had made the first old. Now, that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So when did the old covenant begin? Exodus. So you will discover again that the old covenant is not a book. The old covenant is a relationship. It's a relationship, not books. When we see a relationship based on the law and a relationship based on goat sacrifices, a relationship based on physical ordinances, we see the Old Testament. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. When we see a relationship that is based on the law, animal sacrifices, physical ordinances, touch not, taste not, that is Old Testament. But right there in those books, you will see a relationship that is not based on the law or on those sacrifices. So a careful study will make you see the old covenant even in the epistles. In the conduct of certain people like Peter and James. So it's not a function of books. <laughs> it's a function of a relationship that people had. So, the old covenant began when they left Egypt. There was a relationship God and man had based on the law. It's not a book. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 15. That will help a whole lot. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Though it be but a man's covenant. Though it be but a man's covenant. Whose covenant? A man's covenant. Now observe. Yet if it be confirmed. No man disannul it. Or added thereto. Huh. You know what Paul is telling us? That the law is a man's covenant. That the old covenant is a man's covenant. It's not God's covenant. God doesn't have two covenants. God cannot have old covenant and new covenant. It is that mindset that makes people think that the God of the old covenant is different from the God of the new covenant. The God of the old covenant was a very bad boy. He was an area boy. But when he came to the new covenant, he got born again and became an area father. In the new covenant, he became Mr. Nice Guy. But in the old covenant, he was just a disastrous father. It's because people do not understand that God does not have two covenants. God has only one covenant. Because God is consistent. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And the terms of his relationship have never changed. 
But within God's covenant, there was man's covenant. Why man's covenant? Because of the fall. Because of the fall. So there are two covenants. God's covenant and man's covenant. Though it be but a man's covenant. Are we teaching good? Look at that Galatians again. Chapter 3 verse 16. Now observe. Please pay attention. I beg you. Now to Abraham and his seed. Where the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many. But as of one. Unto thy seed which is Christ. Next verse. And this I say, that the covenant, glory to God, that was confirmed before of God in Christ. There was a covenant confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise that God gave to man of non effect. So here guys, there is God's promise which is God's covenant to man. 430 years down the road, man enacted his own covenant which cannot disannul what God already promised Abraham in Christ. Are we following here? So there are two things. There is man and there is God. No wonder Jesus who say Matthew chapter 19. Moses. Because of the hardness of your hearts. Suffered you to do so. But. From the beginning. It was not so. What is from the beginning? God's promise to man. What is Moses? The law. Man's covenant. Please follow me, I beg you. Man's covenant, the law. Seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Galatians three. <clears throat> And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham how? So the law in no way is a representation of God. Look at the next verse. 19. <clears throat> Wherefore then. Served the law. It was added. It was not the original thing. It was just an addendum. Because. Of transgressions. Till the seed shall come. To whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by who? Angels. In the hand of who? Who is the mediator? So Moses and angels gave the law. 430 years after God gave the promise. Teaching good. God made a promise before the law came. 
So the law is the old covenant while the promise of God is the new covenant. So which one came first? The law or the promise? So if the promise is the new covenant, what is the law? Huh? The old covenant. Wait, 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 wait. I, I see why you don't want to answer me now. Because I'm getting you somewhere. What did God give? The law or the promise? Who gave the law? How many years after? Very good. So, if what God gave is the new covenant, what is the law? Old covenant. So, the law and the promise which came first? The promise. What is the promise? The new covenant. What is the law? The old covenant. So, the law and the promise, which one came first? Okay. Which is the promise? Which is the promise? What is the promise? Now you're getting confused. I'm doing it on purpose. Because I want you to think. What is the promise? What is the law? Who gave the law? What is it called? A man's? What is the promise? The new covenant. Who gave the promise? God. Okay. So, old covenant law. New testament promise. Which came before which? The promise came before the law. So, which testament came first? So, the new testament predated the old testament. So the New Testament is older than the Old Testament. It is New Testament first before Old. Look, 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 look. Hebrews 8:13. Look at it now. See it there in black and white. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. In that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first old. Are you here? He has made the first old. Now, that which decayed and what set old is ready to vanish away. Which one decayed and what set old? The old covenant. And is ready to what? So, what made the old covenant old? The new. The new who made the old old. Retire the old without benefits. Why? Because the old is man's covenant. The new is God's covenant. And God's covenant predated the old. Therefore, when Jesus died and ratified, it retired the old without benefits. Look at Romans 15 verse 8. Romans chapter 15 verse 8. Please pay attention. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm Aletheia. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Who was to confirm the promises? Jesus, does it include God's promise to Abraham? 
what was God's promise to Abraham in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed who confirmed that promise Jesus how did he confirm it death burial resurrection to confirm the promises the minister Jesus look at the next verse Romans 15 verse 9 mm -mm. and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written for this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name that is why John will say the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus listen carefully the law can be given by God and Jesus is given by God he doesn't change his mind so grace which is the truth came or exists that's the way it is in the original grace which is truth exists as Jesus Christ the law was given by Moses The law is man's covenant. But grace, which is truth, exists as Jesus Christ. Huh. Keep that somewhere. It will come in handy. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. Next verse. 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Next verse. So, all the promises of God in him. Aye, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. The word yeah, yes, or yea is the same word amen. Yea and amen is the same thing, it's double emphasis because the word amen means fulfilled. That is, is the word done. So when we say all the promises of God are yes and amen, that is, they are fulfilled or they are find their fulfillment in Christ. All of God's promises find their fulfillment in Christ. How many of you observe that Jesus is not confirming the law? He is confirming the promises of God. He's not confirming the law. He's confirming God's promise. Now, we said that everything God did in Christ, everything he has made available by his resurrection can be summarized and called the spirit. Is that true? It can be summarized and called the spirit. Everything, everything he did in Christ, everything he has acquired in the death, burial, and resurrection, the climax of Jesus' finished work can be called the Spirit. 
look at that first corinthians where we are or second corinthians chapter 1 verse 22 1 22 who also or who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit where in our hearts the word earnest is the word proof he has given the proof of the spirit in our hearts in our hearts so he said jesus came to fulfill god's promise so jesus makes good the promise of the old testament which we established yesterday that the gift of salvation is the gift of the spirit the gift of the spirit is the gift of salvation so that means that the gift of the holy ghost is the gift of salvation that god gives the spirit to sinners god gives his spirit to sinners i will pour out my spirit upon christians what was the promise upon how many flesh all flesh the holy ghost is god's gift or the spirit of christ or the spirit of god or the life of god we, we dealt with all of that yesterday the holy ghost the spirit of god the spirit of christ or the life of god is god's gift to sinners let's look at acts chapter 2 verse 38 acts chapter 2 verse number 38 then peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost now remember from yesterday till this service we are looking at the gift of the holy spirit tomorrow we begin to look at the fruits of the spirit and any good bible student needs to understand both the gift and the fruits acts 2 38 acts chapter 2 verse number 38 then peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost now the word gift of the holy ghost also means you know it's an exegetical statement if i say well my mom give me the gift gave me the gift of a car that means the car is a gift you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost that means the holy ghost is the gift exegetical statement so the word gift is to describe the action it's not another beside the car my mom gave me the gift of a car doesn't mean another gift was added to the car the gift of the car is the car so you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost what is the gift the holy ghost the gift of the holy ghost now so the word gift in acts 2 38 simply refers to something that is free something that is free something that requires no conditions something that requires no efforts at all 
Which means the gift of the Holy Ghost requires no efforts. This is exactly what salvation is. The gift of the Holy Ghost requires no effort. This is exactly what salvation is. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, the next verse, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the gift of the spirit is free without conditions. The gift of salvation is free without conditions because the gift of salvation is the gift of the spirit. No conditions. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So the gift of the Holy Ghost is salvation. Please stay with me. In Acts chapter 8 verse 15, that particular incidence and the one in Acts 19 causes a little bit of trouble, doctrinal trouble. But it is not supposed to. So let's look at it a bit. In Acts chapter 8, Luke is describing something he preached. The group believed the gospel and he called the apostles to come and lay hands on them. Acts 8.15. Put it up for me. Acts chapter 8 verse 15. So, who? When they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. That they might receive the Holy Ghost. That makes you go like, hmm. Receive the Holy Ghost? Meaning, I receive the Holy Ghost at salvation. Do I need to receive the Holy Ghost again? Not really. The word receive the Holy Ghost. Now listen very well everybody. Receive means to take. The Greek word lambano. Lambano. is an active word. In lambano you take something. That is you pick it up. In lambano you pick it up. It's not admit something. Like I receive. Mm -mm. In lambano you take something. So, when he says, receive the Holy Ghost, you come into context. What is he talking about? Because receive is not receive, even though receive is receive. Context will make the difference. So, look at that Acts, chapter 8, verse 16. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, verse 16. For as yet, he was falling upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were baptized. How does a man get born again? Huh? Huh? Who burns the man again? Exactly. So how does a man get born again? By the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. How does a man get baptized in the name of Jesus? Eh? By the Holy Ghost. So it's either he's talking about something else or it means we receive the Holy Ghost twice. That verse. But usually we need to take words in the context where they are used. 
If you read verse 16 where he said, the Holy Ghost was not falling upon none of them. Upon. Upon. Was used by Peter in Acts 2.17. The word upon. Because that's a key word there. Upon none of them. Acts 2.17. Put it up. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Upon was used for, by Peter for what? Prophecy. Upon. Upon. Prophesy upon see visions upon dream dreams. So when 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 Peter says upon what Peter what was Peter saying? Prophesy. What was Peter saying? See visions. What was Peter saying? Dream dreams upon. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, shall see visions and dream dreams. Now, so what happened in this particular instance? They laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Verse 17 of Acts chapter 8. Look at the context. Acts 8, 17. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Now notice verse 18 and 19 of that Acts chapter 8. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. You know those men of God who want you to sow a seed for anointing? Tap into my anointing. That's what was happening here. He sowed a seed for an anointing. He sowed. He sowed a seed. He brought a bag of money to tap. Are you following? Yeah, to tap. Somebody wanted to tap my anointing with an offering. I told him it's not palm wine. <laughs> Keep your offering. They don't tap anointing. No. Anybody who tells you to tap his anointing, he's trying to scam you in the afternoon. We don't tap anointing. Look at it. Look at that. Acts chapter 8 verse 18. Look at it quickly. Acts 8, 18. Put it up for me. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered, he, he sowed a seed for impartation. He sowed a seed for grace. I want to tap into your grace, man of God. And he drops a bundle of 100,000 in your hand. And then you receive it. Eh, God, Lord, no more. You're a scammer. Because, look at it. When he gave the money, look at the next verse, verse 19. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. That means that word, receive the Holy Ghost, and that word falling upon them, when it happens, you see a physical evidence. Because Simon must have seen something to desire to want to buy it. Are we teaching here? Now, stay with me. Just stay with me. I don't think the word there doesn't mean as they receive the Holy Ghost. 
they began or a change happened in their habit and lifestyle that couldn't be what happened because it was not a lifestyle or habit change that simon saw so simon the sorcerer simon the native doctor simon the soothsayer or diviner or simon the wizard said wow that means they did something that simon saw he saw that through the laying on of hands the holy ghost was given and he said give me this power take bag of money empty this bank account because he knows if he gets it he will recover that money fast fast so as far as simon was concerned he was making in, in investment it was a transaction and that's what the materialistic gospel sells give to get give for breakthrough give for marital favor give for safety give for protection sow a seed for every one of your child fraud scam somebody said dr damina listen when you preach just preach <laughs> don't be saying all those calm fraud that is why we are angry with you <laughs> as i've just started <laughs> if you don't stop the scam i will keep announcing it he said you'll be preaching a nice message suddenly you will spoil everything i said no i correct i repair everything <laughs> glory to god now look at peter's response to that transactionary offer. In that same Acts chapter 8 verse 20. Acts 8 20. Acts 8 20. But Peter said unto him. Thy money perish with thee. Because thou hast thought. That the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast thought you can tap. Thou hast thought you can sow and get the anointing of God upon my life. Your money perish with thee. Next verse. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Anybody trying to tap anointing with money has a bad heart. Your motives are rotten. They are immoral. That word matter is the same word speaking. You have no part in this matter. That is, you have no part in this speaking. You have no part. So, in other words, the gift of the Holy Ghost that was referred to here, or they receiving the Holy Ghost that was referred to here, has to do with what? Speaking. Utterance. Had to do with speaking. Utterance. So, same thing in Acts chapter 2. Speaking. And they began to speak. That's what Simon the sorcerer saw. And he said, give me this power. If I lay hands on people, they will speak. 
Look at another instance in Acts chapter 9. Notice the word laying on of hands. Acts 9 17. Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, had sent me that thou mayest receive the sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That word be filled with the Holy Ghost. You will see it again in Acts 10 44. Stay with me. Acts chapter 10 verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which had the word. Next verse. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Next verse 46. For they heard them speak. Poured out on. And what followed? They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter. Notice something is similar here. Where you have gift of the Holy Ghost here and then fell on them here. It has to do with what? Huh? Speaking. Utterance. We saw one in Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 9. It's not too clear. But the word filled with the spirit from Paul's writing in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Ephesians filled with the spirit. Let's see the Pauline theology on it. Ephesians 5. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But be filled with the spirit. The original says, but be being filled with the spirit. And what follows? Speaking. Be filled with the spirit. What follows? Speaking. So in Acts 19, Paul met these folks. Acts 19 verse 2. Look at it again. Acts chapter 19 verse 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized. Question, who does the baptism? Huh? The Holy Ghost. So, the Holy Ghost immerses a sinner into Christ. It's called born again. He takes a sinner and immerses him into Christ. Okay? Not into water. Into Christ. That immersion into Christ, which is regeneration, is called baptism. So, what happened? Verse 6 of that same Acts 19. Acts 19, 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them 
and they spake with tongues and prophesied. What is the evidence that the Holy Ghost came on them? They spoke and prophesied. Now, we have seen the word on how many times now? On, 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 on. We saw in Acts chapter 2, we saw in Acts chapter 9, we saw in Acts chapter 8, we saw in Acts chapter 19. Acts 2, 8, 10, 19. The word on them infers what? What is consistent with the Holy Ghost falling on people? Eh? Speaking, utterance, utterance, utterance. But uniquely in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10, Nobody laid hands on anybody. Did you observe? Two very unique experiences. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, Holy Ghost fell on them. In Acts chapter 10, while Peter yet speak, the Holy Ghost fell. Two experiences where nobody laid hands. Keep that somewhere. Keep that where? Somewhere. Acts chapter 2, and Acts chapter 10, nobody laid hands. Now, in Acts 9, Paul laid hands. And then the Holy Ghost comes on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. So the term Holy Ghost falling on people was used by brother Luke. Who wrote Luke and Acts to describe what? Huh? Utterance or supernatural utterance falling on utterance notice nobody in the epistles refer to the holy ghost as falling upon anyone you won't find that word in the epistles you will only find it in luke's writings which is the book of acts what we just read is brother luke's unique description and nobody used that term again not paul not peter not james not jude Nobody referred to the Holy Ghost coming upon individuals. So this description is unique to Luke. Now, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1. We are dealing with the emphasis of the Holy Ghost in salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. King James Version has the word gifts in italics. When a word is italicized, it means it's not in the original. It was put in there for easy reading. Depending on how we study this, we can yank out the addition and we can allow it. So look at 1 Corinthians again, chapter 12, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12.4 Now, there are diversities of gifts but the same. The same. The same spirit. Why does he use the word the same? It is to let you know that the believer does not have two spirits. The believer does not have two spirits. The same spirit. Look at verse 5 and 6 of 1 Corinthians 12. 5 and 6. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Next verse. 
There are diversities of operations. But it is the same God which worketh all and in all. Now look at this. Verse 5 refers to ministries, operations, but the same Lord. Verse 7. Look at verse 7. <clears throat> verse 7. But the manifestation, the feneru, Greek word, unveiling of the spirit is given to every man. How many men? Every man. Are you included? Is given to every man for what? To profit with all. We're going to read verse 8 to 10 together. Very loud like a choir. Verse 8 to 10. Can we go one to go? For to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. The same. Verse 8 is referring to verse 4. In verse 8, he is describing diversities of gifts. In verse 8, he is describing verse 4. Verse 9, give me verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Diversities of gifts. Look at me everybody. Diversities means same spirit but different dimensions. But the same spirit. Okay. So same spirit. Same spirit. Same spirit is the custodian of all the gifts. Same spirit is the custodian of all the gifts. Okay? Verse 10 and 11. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Next verse. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills so he describes nine gifts how many gifts nine and we will examine all the nine are you ready the same spirit look at verse 31 of the same chapter verse 31 but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show i unto you a more excellent way. The best gift. Covet. You know the meaning of covet? Go after the best gifts. Now, let's do a little bit of mathematics. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. But rather that you may prophesy. Did you observe that gifts is in italics? Okay, italics. First Corinthians 14 12. First Corinthians 14 12. Even so, ye, for as much as your zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. 
Did you observe that gift is in italics? Huh? Yes. First Corinthians 14 32. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The spirit there is the same word for spirituals. Spirituals. The spirituals of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now in Ephesians chapter 4, you notice that in Acts we read the word gifts in Acts. Gift singular. In Acts, the gift of the Holy Ghost, singular. Gift, singular. Okay? In First Corinthians, the word gift is used in plural. Gifts. In Acts, gift, singular. Ephesians 4, 7 to 8. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. But unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. 8. Verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Are you observing? So, in verse 7, gift singular. In verse 8, gifts plural. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. God also, bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. What is gift in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4? Singular or plural? Plural. So, we have the word singular, gifts used. We have the word gifts, plural, used. The gifts also in the plural. So we have singular gifts, plural gifts, gift, gifts. So we can safely say that all the gifts, all the gifts are in the spirit. Huh? All of them. Huh? Where are all the gifts? Huh? Where are all the gifts? How many spirits? What is salvation? The gift of the spirit. What is in the spirit? Which gifts? All the gifts. In which spirit? Which one spirit? Which spirit? Salvation. So that means the moment you are born again, all the gifts are inside you. There's no special prayer for gifts. All. You are the headquarters of spirituals. Are you still in the building? I'm almost done. Can we therefore say all the gifts are in Christ? The way you're answering me. Are you in this building? Can we say that all the gifts are in Christ? Look at Galatians 5.22. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit 
is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, next verse, meekness, temperance, against such, there is no law. Against such, there is no law. So he mentions how many fruit. He mentions nine things. Nine. And he calls it fruit. Eh? Nine. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, all of the, all the nine. Fruit. Not fruits. Fruit of the spirit. Singular. Showing you that there's a spiritual location of all that God has done. Gifts in Christ. The fruit we will see also is where? In Christ. All the gifts in Christ. All the fruits in Christ. Christ in you. Are you following? All the gifts. And the fruit. The fruit which has multiplicity of expressions all in Christ. What is in Christ? Huh? In the spirit. What is in the spirit? Huh? Salvation. What is salvation? The spirit. What is the spirit? In Christ. So when I say in Christ, what am I saying? In the spirit. If any man be well. So when we say you are in Christ, what are we saying? You are in the spirit. What do you, what do you, what do you carry in the spirit? Gifts. And what? Huh? Did you say fruits or fruit? Fruit or fruits? Okay, if I mention the one you agree with, shout amen. Fruit? Fruits. Glory to God. Glory to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 8 as I close the service. Are you blessed tonight? Romans 8, 8. But so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But, but, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. But where? Where are you right now? Where are you right now? Where you are right now is that descending of spirits. Where you are right now, is there descending of spirits? Where you are right now, is there prophecy? Where you are right now, is there tongues? Is there interpretation? Is there working of miracles? Is there faith? Is there healings? Where you are right now, is there love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness? Do you have all of them? Do you need anyone? I need more of you. <laughs> no. I have all of you. You are not in the flesh. Talk somebody say you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. 
And the spiritual man judges all things and is judged by no man. He that is born of flesh is flesh. And he that is born of spirit is spirit. What are you born of? You are in the spirit. Hallelujah. It's not a feeling, it's a knowing. You don't have to feel ah, before you prophesy. You can just stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. I do a new thing. I see a new thing opening up for you. You don't need to feel anything. You are in the spirit. If you have to feel anything, it means you are too carnal that you require a feeling to help you realize what you carry. Glory to God. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to how many people? In you unveiled. So you begin to prophesy. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Let me finish my reading and let you go. Verse, 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 verse 10. Verse 10 of that Romans chapter 8. And if Christ be in you. The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. The spirit is what? So when we say you have the spirit, what are we saying? What is spirit? What is life? He that has the son, what does he mean? He that has the son, has the spirit. If any man in Christ, what is in Christ? In the spirit. I want it to sink. We are the circumcision that worship God where? Or? In Christ. The spirit is life. Because of righteousness. Are you righteous? Because you are righteous. You are in the spirit. And because you are righteous you have life. The spirit is life. When we say receive the life of God, what are we saying? Receive the spirit of God. Receive the life of God. Or? Or? Eh? Or salvation. Or? Be in Christ. Same thing. Because we have to unlock all these things. Look at verse, verse 10, verse 10. Oh, verse 10, verse 10. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm closing. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, in you, in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit. That dwelleth in you. That visited you. Is the spirit on a visitation? What is the spirit doing? What does it mean to dwell? How long is he dwelling? Cast me not away from your presence, O God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Stop that. Get born again. The spirit has come to dwell in you. 
anybody here who is who is who is who is a custodian of the spirit forever is there any such person in the building tonight well get on your feet shout glory say i have the spirit in me forever say it again i have the spirit in me forever now 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 somebody says but but why did why did david say take not the holy ghost from me because jesus has not been glorified the spirit has not been given but for me jesus has been glorified the spirit has been poured out and i carry the spirit upon me i thought somebody was shot glory lift your right hand say with me very loud i have the spirit of god i have the spirit of christ all that god is doing he is doing in me he is doing through me he is working in me say i have the fruit of redemption i have the benefit of redemption in me through my hands the sick are healed the dead are raised through my mouth the gospel is preached and men are brought into the saving knowledge of Jesus. I thought I would hear powerful amen. Does a man need to be good before he receives the spirit? That's why at the moment somebody is receiving Christ, he speaks in tongues. I heard one pastor, uh, one lady came and got born again and instantly received the Holy Ghost. And the pastor said, that could not be the spirit of God. So they asked the pastor, why? He said, that girl is always full of sin. That is why it will be the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God is given to sinners. Glory! Glory! The spirit is given to who? Wherever there's a sinner, the spirit is available. That is the good news of the gospel. Glory to God. Lift your right hands, Father. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice in this building, online, on radio, on television, that this revelation grows big in your heart until nothing else matters. In the name of Jesus. Revelation knowledge, the realities of redemption, the riches of redemption made manifest in your heart, in your understanding, and you walk in these realities. And we declare right now, whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Bodies and yokes be destroyed. Sick bodies be healed. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Amen. Grab a good offering. Let's give in honor of Jesus Christ. Let's give in honor of the work of Christ. Let's give in honor of the finished work. Every time we teach, we give the opportunity to honor the word of God. Those of you watching online, on television, on radio, 
uh, I mean the banking details are on the screen. A radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush, will read the banking details for you in the next few minutes. But what a joy, what an honor to serve you the grace of God. I also want to appreciate partners and friends who continually give to this ministry to help us get this gospel to the ends of the earth. Remember, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love that you continue to minister to the saints through your givings. I want to lift up your offerings tonight and we're going to pray as we offer. Father, we give in faith, we give with joy, and we thank you for the privilege to make a difference in the gospel through our givings. So I pray for everybody giving tonight that your needs are met supernaturally. Your needs are met supernaturally. And we thank you, Father, for the blessing upon your people. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer sees a powerful amen. That amen is not powerful. Hey guys, you don't want to go away. We're going to be answering your questions, responding to your mails, responding to your phone calls with Mr. Michael Bush in the next two or three minutes. And you don't want to adjust. You don't want to move away. Instead, get more people to hook up. It's going to be exciting tonight in Ask the Counselor. And until I see you the next two, three minutes, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! Woo! Glory to God! Anywhere around the pulpit, just walk, walk up, drop your offerings anywhere around the pulpit here. Hit the music, let's do it as we celebrate upon the
Okay, we've got some 21.5 small minutes um, since it clocks uh, the top of the hour in you, Nigeria. Can I please ask you to please sit down and thank you for staying tuned. It's Ask the Councillor now, and I would like to start with the opening announcements. Account name is Power City International, but of course, there are three banks that start on this edition with UBA 139-26-465. That's for UBA. Account name remains Power City International. Bank number two, FCMB 29-82-68-2028. 29-82-68-2028, still Power City International, that's for FCMB, and finally, certainly not the least, Zenith, 10-12-36-59-12, 10-12-36-59-12, Zenith, still Power City International. Announcement number one. Announcement number two, any moment now, I allow you to take... Um, you are on time on air on the program by calling in. The number for you to do that on is plus two three four. If you are calling from outside the country, otherwise it's oh eight oh six eight hundred nine nine three nine. You also would like to do an SMS or two plus two three four again. Otherwise it's oh seven oh three six nine one eight six four two. Or you just send an email or two. Why not to ask the counselor now at gmail dot com. That is announcement number. Two. Quickly, quickly, announcement number three, certainly the, the last we have for you on this as well as on every other edition of the program. So for sponsorship, for support, for partnership, always remember to call up plus 234 again if you're doing from outside the country. Otherwise, it's uh, 0803-275-6104 or you send an email or two to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. There, of course, is... DR. Okay, so the stage is almost set. I'd love to thank all of you for coming out. We have a sizable live audience, and I'd just like you to put your hands together for yourselves. Put your hands together for yourselves. <laughs> pastor Preso Kun is a uh, resident pastor. He's here with Elder Oyeme, his dear wife. <laughs> Mama Rachel, too, is in the building. And um, put your hands together for... Is that not Pastor Matthew? That's Pastor Matthew. Put your hands together for Pastor Matthew. He's going to see him. How can Pastor Matthew be with you and I've not seen him? Okay. Of course, the producer of the program is Pastor I.J. Query, complete with his production team. They all joined me, Michael Bush, the anchor, to welcome the man of the moment. He didn't even allow me to introduce him. All the other people I introduced, they didn't clap. But this man, well, he deserves all the applause. Help me welcome Global Baba. Doctor Abel Damina, Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. So good to have you here today. Global Baba, so nice to see you. What a blessing! Fantastic! Wow! Global Baba, it's beginning. It's a great day. Yeah, it is. Day two. You look good, man. You look better, Global Baba. <laughs> Global Baba, you yeah. look better. Thank you. You look, you look English. Thank you. Okay, oh. so Global Baba, we we'll start with uh, opening prayers as we always do on the program. Prayer for our world, prayer for our continent, prayer for our country, our state, and why not? The church. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice that we have access to the deep things of God by the Holy Ghost, including answers to prayer. 
So we thank you for answers. Thank you that Aquaibom is working within the plan and purpose of God. This society creates enabling environment for the gospel to thrive. We pray for the governor, his excellency, the first lady, the first family, all of the members of the executive cabinet of the state public and private, private individuals in the state, women, children, students. We decree that the grace of Jesus continues to abound in this land and that the word of his grace continues to grow all over this society. We pray for Nigeria. We decree that ministers of the gospel are raised to preach the truth of the gospel. Disciples are raised all over Nigeria and around the world that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the water covers the sea. We give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Global Bible we said to go. Yep. We spent uh, last night um, right here in Uyo where this program, by the way, is broadcasting from. Uyo is the capital of Akwaibum Estate in the deep southern part of Nigeria, which of course is the country on the west coast of Africa. And we are super excited to start here from this edition. Our first take, Benjamin Olaito, writes from Akwaibum, surely, says about baptism, Global Baba, Matthew 3.15, John almost refused to baptize Jesus Christ because he said he wasn't qualified to baptize him. And Jesus responded by saying, it should be done, for we must carry out that all that God requires. From this, Global Baba, I think baptism is important in a Christian journey, but I still stand to be corrected by you, my dear daddy. Benjamin Ulaito. All right, Benjamin. Um, first of all, you need to understand what was the purpose of baptism. Why was John baptizing people? John chapter 1, verse 29. I'd like us to read to verse 33. John 1, 29 to verse 33, so you understand the purpose. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Next verse. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man, which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Next verse. And I knew him not, but that it should be made manifest to Israel. See, that that's the purpose. But that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water. So the reason for the water baptism was to reveal Jesus to Israel since Israel didn't know Jesus. Next verse. And I knew, and John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. Next verse. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is see with which baptized with the Holy Ghost. So John says, I am baptizing with water to reveal Jesus. And, up, and the, he that sent me to baptize said, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending like a dove. That is he who will baptize with the Holy Ghost. So I, John, will use water to identify him. Once he's identified, my water will expire. He will not use water. He will use Holy Ghost. So today, is it Jesus baptizing you or John? If it is John, it will be water. If it is Jesus, it will be Holy Ghost. Global Baba. The Intercontinental. So where is John now? John is... When we get to heaven, we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, another entry, entry number Moreover, two is anonymous. Moreover, the intercontinental. Yes. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5. Ephesians, Ephesians 4 chapter 4 verse 5. 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. How many baptism? One. What is salvation? Huh? Baptism. Salvation is baptism into Christ. Okay? How many baptism? So if you are baptized into Christ and you are baptized with water, how many baptism? You have disobeyed apostolic instruction. Global Baba. The Intercontinental. Okay, take number two. No Global Baba, even sitting here. Sometimes you just um, lose me, you know. No, 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 I'm able to carry you along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anonymous entry. Man of God, if a born-again man commits adultery and dies right after committing it, can he go to heaven or hell? Please explain more about this situation. First John 2, 1, 3, 5, 3, 8, 5, 16, 18. Why adultery? Why didn't you talk about lies? Why didn't you talk about bitterness? Why adultery? Why are you always talking of adultery and fornication? Why don't you talk about unforgiveness? Why don't you talk about uh, malice? Why don't you talk about envy? Why don't you talk about competition? All of them are deceived. So, don't always be talking of adultery. Always remember that sin is sin. So, instead of always adultery, fornication, adultery, fornication, remember that there's, there's a broad range definition for sin. So, the question I also want to ask you back, back is, if somebody eyed somebody, looked at somebody jealously, and the trumpet sound, will he go to heaven? If yes, then if somebody commits adultery and didn't have the time to repent or confess and the trumpet sounds and is genuinely born again, he's already in heaven. Okay. Because see, you didn't make heaven because you stopped sinning. You made heaven because you believed in Jesus. And because you believed in Jesus, Jesus became your life. However, there are still records there are still things in your mind that needs to be adjusted with time. But those things don't disqualify you from heaven. What qualified you for heaven is faith in Christ. Okay, Global Baba, the last um, entry will be taken from Uyo on this edition of the program. is up next. comes from Uboro. says... Uh, Hello, Global Baba. I have come to understand that all gifts are in Christ and Christ is in us. What's the place of impartation or, or laying of hands in the body of Christ? This is not clear because the latter is an additional work on what Christ had already done. Please, I need clarity, sir. Thank you. Laying on of hands, impartation, is part of what we're teaching. So don't because go to class 20 before class 5. Be patient and follow. We will get there. Yeah, um, you know, something huge is happening um, in Nigeria, uh, Global Baba, in the continent of Africa, somewhere where we are, we, and that's the boom air. We, we, we believe that in the future, in the very near future, boom air is going to connect us from Uyo all over the world. I believe you know? it. So let's already prophetically do that. Yes. By flying from Uyo now, from the Victor Ata International Airport, straight to Canada. Hello, Global Baba. I have many concerns about your teachings recently as um, posted on your Facebook page. 
First of all, I do agree with you on most teachings, but I see many gaps in the following areas. One, Trinity, that God walked out of God. Nobody is longish, but I'll try to read it and um, allow you to come in uh, where necessary. In your teaching, Global Baba, you said that God walked out of God and spoke to the other substance that came out of God, which was God to go, and the other, sub uh, the other substance being Christ. These explanations contradicts the most profound statement that you made that we save one God. He is Yahweh in creation. He is Jesus in salvation. He is the Holy Spirit in regeneration, and that there is no God outside Christ. I wish to affirm that there is one substance, undetached substance, and for this purpose, as seen in creation, salvation, and regeneration, a distinct form manifested, but yet of one essence. Attempting to explain this unity in practical examples proves heretical and renders God to be free gods. Furthermore, Global Baba, if you look at the heavenly scenario, Revelation 4, Zechariah 4.10, and throughout the Bible, the throne, not the furniture, is only represented by one personality reigning on it. A symbol of a lamb, that's an animal, is seen within the throne, and seven lamb stands, or touches, sevenfold spirit, or Holy Spirit, before the throne. In addition, Global Baba, Moses' unclear description of God for the purposes of creation, salvation, and regeneration subjects God to the plural name Elohim, originally rendered as gods. Remember that source critics have contended this fact and renders our theology as Jewish cunning fables. The proof of God's one clear essence is described by Jesus in Matthew 28, 19. He commanded disciples to baptize believers in one name, which is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That name is Jesus. David Seeing the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. That name is Jesus. Um, David, seeing Christ, says, The Lord spoke to my Lord. Psalm 1101. This is still a prophetic view for the purposes of salvation. There is one essence and one Lord. Isaiah, seeing John the Baptist, seeing John the Baptist, declares that the voice of the one crying in the wilderness prepares the way of the lord isaiah 40 10 one lord is jesus the lord our savior and was being incarnated after 42 generations on this global baba my position and conclusion is seeing and explaining god walking out of god is an old testament view of god there is one god his name is jesus i'll recommend for you reflecting the father because from all you have done you have not even understood what we're teaching so for you to say you agree with me you don't even know what you are agreeing with me on. So I recommend for you, go and listen to Reflecting the Father, part 1 to 8 or 9. When you are through listening to it carefully, you can send another entry. Okay, so he still continues. Um, his name, by the way, is, uh, I don't know what is the man, or Manchester man. He continues. And the second one is Christology, that Jesus had sinful thoughts. Sir, the statement above disqualifies you from starting a conversation with me. If I'm to take you by your words, we must agree that Jesus is God, no negotiations. Hence, if Jesus is God, how can he have our sinful thoughts in his incarnation? When we wrap theology into Christology, our minds can comprehend the mystery that God became a human being and we cannot find space to accuse the only begotten of the Father with sinful thoughts. Here my submission is that the spiral of sin from Adam in God's and that's Christ's incarnation was intercepted by his virgin birth. Born only from the seed of a woman, that's Genesis 3.15. And being conceived, global by the Holy Spirit, Luke 1.35, was declared holy. 
this suggests that Christ was born with undiluted de de deity or divinity and though incarnate, but still fully God in the human body. John in John 1.14 reveals that God, even the very God, became flesh. Therefore, he being the very God cannot have sinful thoughts in his human state because he is not born of human blood. John 1.13 Furthermore, Global Baba, the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 6-7, John the Baptist's description of the unblemished lamb for sacrifice would prove futile, and the inquiry that Jesus is the Messiah would prove false. Jesus in his human state is a Passover lamb and sinless. The ethical moral description passed in the message you presented renders that Jesus was lured and enticed on many instances of temptation. I argue that there is a distinction between James 1.13 and James 1.14. James does not refer to God in verse 14 in order to equate Christ's state in flesh. Please do not forget that the whole fullness of God as seen by Moses and David dwells in Christ bodily and cannot be lured and enticed by sinful desires. Again on this, my position and conclusion is, is the light in the darkness of men or light in the sinful thoughts of men and cannot have sinful thoughts? I'll drop some more Based on some more, based on some questionable teachings that have been presented on your page. Shalom, Chesterman in Canada. I think this man is selective here, has selective hearing. First of all, if Jesus didn't have sinful thoughts, the Bible will not say he was tempted. To have sinful thoughts does not mean you sinned. Temptation is not sin. For example, Father, I do not want this cup. I do not want this cup. God wants you to take the cup. Then you say, God, I don't want the cup. That's already a sinful thought. But the fact that he had a sinful thought, he didn't yield to the thought. That is why he was without sin. Having the thought does not mean you sin. Having the thought means you have the choice to yield or not to yield. That's the meaning of temptation. And Jesus was tempted in all things, yet without sin. That means the thoughts came, but he never yielded to them. Again, this brother, I would really recommend that you, you go back and listen to Soteria 1, Soteria 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. In Christ's realities 1 and 2, the law and the prophets 1 and 2, and the misunderstood God series. It will help you a lot. Okay, so. Lobaba. The Intercontinental. It's good you are on the Lord's side. You know, sometimes, Lobaba, I just wonder if we're not on the Lord's side. Lobaba, eh? you have been looking for trouble like this. <laughs> Look at the assignment you have given to that person. Yeah, because, <laughs> because if he listens to those things sure. well, all this grammar he's blowing. Because his grammar contradicts the things he's saying. He is saying this and contradicting it because he has not patiently learned. And when you really don't learn of Christ, you have contradictions even in your statements. You defeat yourself. So that's why he has to calm down and not be too excited and carefully go through the teachings. And he will come to clarity. Absolutely. And all this. Over from Canada, which is in the Americas, we're flying straight to Dubai. First, do I just need to tell you at this point, we can start taking some calls. And um, producer, if you have people in the live audience with questions, would also are able to play along. Dubai next. Hello, Global Baba. I trust you are well and blessed in the Lord. 
I am sorry to bother you with something like this, but I'm a little troubled and I don't know where to get help. So I come to pour my heart to you, my father. For over a year now, almost two years, I can say, when I sleep, I dream of my dead relatives. It used to be my grandmother. Now it is she and my aunt and a recently departed uncle. They are not bad dreams as such, but they appear so much in my dreams that I'm starting to worry what this is all about. I do not think of um, these dead relatives much in my consciousness, so I don't know why I keep dreaming of them and have them feature so much in my dreams. I don't understand why it is this way, Global Baba. I started dreaming so much about my aunt the year before she died. By the way, she passed on on the 25th of December 2020. I was dreaming so much about she and her mother, my grandma. Now she still recalls in my dreams together with grandma and another uncle who passed on mid-2020. I've never cared to exalt dreams, but I am getting a bit concerned now as they are not people actively, you know, in my consciousness, you know, that's during the day. I pray that this is not too much of a burden. I look forward to hearing from you, sir. God bless you, and thank you for your great work. Samata Rumitzai Dika in Dubai. Well, Samata, there's nothing really to be concerned, to, to worry you, because the reason why you're seeing all of those people in your dreams is because you had, you had an attachment with them when they were alive. And because of that attachment, it must have affected you unconsciously in your subconscious. So now that they are gone, you're seeing it play over and over in your dream. So what do you do? Dreams are not final. Dreams are suggestive. So what you do is you begin to speak consciously. In the name of Jesus, I have no connection with the dead. The dead have no connection with the living. My mind is renewed. My mind thinks the thoughts of God. My mind is filled with the word of God. My mind is saturated with the thoughts of Christ. I'm so full of Christ, there's no room for such dreams. As you keep speaking consciously and deliberately, it will erase those dreams from playing back. It's really nothing to bother about. Okay, our first caller, just in time. Hello. Hello, um, uh, Global Evangelist Bush. Welcome to the program. Good evening, sir. Global Baba, good evening. Evening. Bless you, sir. My name is Ima SB. I'm calling from Uyo. Okay. Uh, from the explanation you just gave and the scriptures you read, answering that guy's uh, question concerning baptism, I don't know why people are still finding it difficult to understand this simple thing. You know, from that explanation, that means if Jesus Christ was supposed to just appear without being announced by John the Baptist, yes, that means he was going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit direct. There was there would have been nothing like the water baptism. Yes. And if John the Baptist, the Baptist was qualified to baptize with the Holy Spirit, there would have been nothing like water baptism. He was just going to be baptizing people with the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And the question you ask, often, and I'm still waiting for somebody that will answer that question, who baptized John the Baptist himself? Correct. Even God himself did not baptize Adam with water. Exactly. Moses, Moses was before John the Baptist. Moses was not baptized yes. with water. Yes. Abraham as well. Yes. John the Baptist baptized with water because he was going to point out Jesus preach, to the preach, people. And preach. he was the last prophet. So I just wish people would understand this simple thing. Thank you very much, Global Baba. Bless you, sir. Keep preaching. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> so Global Baba, you just sit here and you, you create um, other visions of you. Uh, it's, it's, it's the yeah, the way it's, it's even sounding, you know, the way it's sounding, you know. Yes. 
is eating you. Yes, yes. completely. <laughs> Who baptized John the Baptist? We need an answer. As soon as we have that answer, we can make progress. <laughs> but on the program this edition, uh, usual suspect, another usual suspect, he was there on um, day, that's chapter two of day one of the program. He's back on air. Yes, your name, your question. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My name is Mwekayan Ryobina. My question goes to that issue of laying of hand and offering money by Simon. So in the book of Genesis chapter 27 verse 4, I, I just saw that Isaac uh, demanded for venison uh, from his son for, for him to be blessed by him. And uh, eventually he went out hunting and then uh, <clears throat> the opposite happened. And the blessing was given to Jacob because the, the venison was quite provided. Yes. Then I am asking, is that is now what is now the dis dispute between the two? That Simon, even though that he has already been, he has already accepted Christ and followed the apostles, and then uh, uh, on the process of following the apostles, he now saw that what look at what these guys did. Wow. Okay, let me just give them a venison in order for me to receive this. What is the problem in that? Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> then he sinned for unction. <laughs> brother, brother, listen carefully. Abraham asked his children as a father to give him something to eat to bless them. Every father has a right biologically to demand from his children whom he has raised up. He can demand anything from them as a father. And he can make it a condition to bless them. That is different from spiritual blessing. The Intercontinental. I was just waiting for you to land. You just left us like that. No, I landed. <laughs> I landed. Okay. I'm, I'm told there's another um, live uh, audience member, but I'll come to you in a moment. Let me take the caller on the line. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining us. Your name, where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Namdi. I'm, I'm calling from Lagos. Namdi, go ahead. Okay, so, um, Blue Barbara, I see that was your call, sir. All right, so, um, Gadi, I've been having a battle with a particular issue with diabetes. And I've been praying for six years. And, you know, and I know who I am in Christ, that this thing cannot exist in my body, should not exist. Because I know in which I have in the IMS prosper. I'm being good health. It's not my soul prosperous. So I don't know whether you can say a prayer of faith for me. Oh yes, why not? But first yes, of sir. all, first of all, you, you must remember, you must remember that God heals and he heals without conditions. And as a child of God, your body has been bought with a price. So you must resist the devil steadfast. You stay in faith and resist the devil steadfast and he will flee. So stay in faith and receive your healing and keep speaking your body healthy until it manifests. Father, we, re we release healing for Namdi right now. We command diabetes flushed out of your blood system, out of your body. Your body be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From the Middle East, uh, that is uh, part of Asia, we're going now straight to the continent of Europe. And Germany 
be nice. Hello, Global Baba. I came across a video last week on Facebook. Please, Global Baba, can you lead me to Christ? I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And by the way, is Power City anywhere in Germany that's do served off? Thank you so much. Leave a number. Oh my God, can you see people begging to be born again? That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. Alright, so what we will do is, immediately this service is over, Dr. Gabriel will get that number and call Germany and, and pray for you and lead you to Christ and hand you over to Pastor Matthew. Pastor Matthew will connect you with our campus in Germany immediately after this service. Just in time, another caller. Hello. Hello, good evening, sir. Many thanks, ma'am. Many thanks for joining us. You know where you're calling from? Uh, this is Salma Abdullahi, calling from Abuja. Welcome I just called to appreciate Papa. I, I appreciate him from the bottom of my heart. And I just wish him well. And Amen. I just wish him long life Amen. and good health. Amen. Papa, I love you. Love you too. <laughs> love you too. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Mm. Okay. She sounded like this. Is she the one who said well, well, you can lie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say that. It, it, it she sounds sounded like, like she's the one. Yeah, I think you <laughs> and I was just waiting for her to say well, well I can lie. <laughs> oh no. Okay, uh, producer, another caller, another question. Okay, let me go back to Europe. Let me stay on in Europe and I have anonymous entry. Hello, Global Baba and the Intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush. Please keep me anonymous. Global Baba. I came across your broadcast some months ago, and I've been listening. I've been listening and watching. It has answered most of the questions in my heart. I was born into religion, global Baba. To the glory of God, grace found me February 2018. Since then, my life has transformed drastically to the glory of God. The peace of mind I have experienced cannot be exchanged for anything in the world. I'm happy even in want. I made a vow to God that I'll keep myself till marriage. I kept the vow, Global Baba, for three years. The last November, okay, this November, I will clock 25. When I gave my life to Christ, I decided to stay away from relationships because what is common is contrary to God's principles in premarital relationships. On the 26th of January this year, I met a man who saw pictures, who saw pictures of me on my friend's phone and asked my friend to connect us. According to my friend, this happened last year, but we met this year. We started as friends. I told him my faith and my values in regards to premarital relationships, no sex till marriage. He agreed. He said he's a believer too. We started dating Global Baba in March. Around May, June, something happened. He pushed for sex, Global Baba. I was saying no, resisting every time he made the move. I don't know. Along the line, Global Baba, I just lost it. I broke the vow I made to God. Ever since then, I have become, I have been broken. I cannot seem to connect to my Father in heaven. I cannot seem to enjoy the sweet fellowship I have been enjoying. I told him about what I'm going through. I can't keep a relationship that does not honor God or I will quit. He said he's sorry. We asked God for forgiveness. I've prayed about it. I know deep down God has forgiven me and us, but my peace is not restored. Now my question, Global Baba, how do I regain my peace of mind? Please, this will make my life beautiful. This feeling is horrible. Please also help to pray for me. Thank you. Global Baba, I just um, put a break there as I go take this next caller. Hello. You're our last caller. Are you there? 
Okay, okay. Yes, many thanks for joining us. Your name, where you calling from? You are last caller. Okay, I am Dan. I'm calling from Joss. Okay, go ahead. Just pick up a little. All right, all right. This um, this is my question. Uh, thank you, Global Baba. Thank you, uh, Michael Bush, for all that you people are doing. Uh, my question goes this way. If you believe in Christ, you have uh, the gift of eternal life. And those who refuse to believe in Christ, the Bible said they are already condemned. So my question is, uh, those who are condemned, uh, maybe they are going to hell or they are their, their end is hell. Is it going to be uh, to eternity the hell or they will be condemned for a period of time, the kind of punishment and everything will end? Or as we are enjoying Christ in eternity, those who refuse to believe in Christ will be in hell to, to eternity. I need uh, help from Global Baba to answer that question. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you for asking. I think the answer you're looking for is in Soteria Season 5. Soteria Season 5, where I took time to explain that those who reject Christ, you know, will be thrown into the lake of fire and they will be burned to ashes. So get Soteria Season 5. All the scriptures properly explained are in Soteria Season 5. Bless you. So, Baba, the... Back to this, yes. to this sister. The reason why you have lost your peace is because of wrong teaching. First of all, you are not even fit to make a vow to God. Number two, God didn't take you serious. Number three, God didn't even hear the vow. God is not aware that you made a vow. So, free yourself. Free yourself. There's no vow. Consider that a vow never existed. And then examine what Christ has done for you. He loved you before you knew yourself. He died for you while you were yet a sinner. And his love for you is unconditional. Once you realize that and you free yourself from that thing called vow, no man can make a vow to God. And God is not expecting it and does not demand a vow from anybody. Immortality cannot enter into a vow with mortality. It will be injustice. It will be unfair. Because mortality can fail. Immortality never fails. That's why it is by two immutable things immutable his oath and his vow it's impossible for god to lie so release yourself from the vow you don't owe god anything if you made a mistake just clean up what you have done stand up and rejoice in the blood of jesus and what he has done rebuke the devil and tell him to stop that nonsense and walk in the righteousness there is therefore now no, no condemnation, condemnation. Okay, we just have a little over three minutes before we say our bye-byes. I'm, I'm thinking, um, Global Bar and I are tired of uh, spending the nights in New York. We haven't been spending the nights in the continent of Europe. Finland uh, is the country. But I know that I have a question here. Can you ask your question in 30 seconds? Your name, your question. Good, good evening, sir. Evening. My name is uh, Anekan Abraham. Please, sir, uh, my question is on angels. I, there's one of a friend of mine that used to tell me uh, that whenever he prays, he always sees his angel appearing to him. So, please, I want to ask this question. Do angels physically appear to men or... Okay, if yes, on which, is it, do they appear on their own or is there anything somebody needs to do before they appear to somebody? So, that's the question, sir. Thank you. 
Well, that your friend that is seeing angels really needs help. He can't even see Christ. He's seeing angels. He needs help. Because Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says, but we see Jesus. He shouldn't be seeing angels. So something is wrong with his, his mindset. He needs to be corrected. However, there's nothing wrong in seeing angels. And it's not impossible that a man can see angels. But the focus shouldn't be on angels. The focus should be on Christ. Psalm 103 verse 20. Bless the Lord ye his angels that hearken to the voice of God and excel in strength. So the angels are there to serve the purpose of God, not to be appearing to a man all the time. Okay, Global Baba, because of time and the lack of it, but because I insist that we're going to spend the night in Finland, we're back in Finland, there's a question. I'll start with that on the next edition of the program. My producer, Pastor I.J. Quere, um, complete with the rest of the team, the production team and everyone, joins me, Michael Bush, your anchor to invite Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina, to take us home. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. It's been a wonderful evening. And we want to thank all of you, audience, and everybody on television, on radio, online, for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. Remember that tonight, uh, 9 to 10, we're on Inspiration. 10 to 12, we're on Heritage. Tomorrow morning, 5.45, we're on XLFM. 11, 11 to 1, we're on Radio Aquaibom, 1 to 3, we're on XLFM, 3 to 5, we're on Passion FM, and 6 p.m. tomorrow, we're back here in Grand Style. It's going to be explosive on Comfort FM. And until then, everybody, we love you, and thank God for all of you. Enjoy the grace of Christ, and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Praise. Whoa.